Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am your host tonight and joining me as always we have my good buddy who is the main reason why this show is the proclivity for positivity about AEW. Floyd, how you doing my man? Hey man, I am doing well uh, today. Well, it's it's like it's been an up and down week, a crazy week. Lots have happened, out so mostly outside of the wrestling world. It's funneled a little bit inside of the wrestling world on Twitter, but you know, I like I said, I always look at the positives in life. Uh, had a gr- g- really really good episode of AEW Dynamite. Got you joining me as a host, and I I really appreciate that. We just came off a of double or nothing. We've gotten some exciting numbers that have come out this week. So they, like I said, you know, can focus on the positivity. And, um, you know, our one of our co-hosts, Amy, has been, her and her husband, Andy, have been raining positivity all over Twitter this week. Been doing giveaways and everything. So I'm going to have to say net positive. Yeah, man. And shout out to them. And, yeah. Good thing, good on them for really pushing positive uh, feelings and positive emotions out into social media. Because yeah, like you said, it's been a crazy couple of days, couple like about a week or so with everything going on. And of course, we are the AEW fan podcast. We love uh, supporting these guys. And of course, AEW always says that AEW is for everyone, and we mean everyone. So just. Be sure to be kind to everybody. Understand that this this world, there's a lot of different people in the world, and we just need to be out there and caring for each other despite everything that's going on. So, But, yeah, and I can say clearly, like, a lot is changing in the world, and a lot of it's going to be for the better down the line. But, anyway, this is about a wrestling show, and that show is AEW. So we're going to be talking about things and being the elite, AEW Dark, AEW Dynamite, and all the news here in all elite wrestling. But before we do that... I want to start the show by reminding you that this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by PowerSlam TV. PowerSlam TV is where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 years, from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from the countries around the globe, right on your laptop and mobile devices. And if you use the code SOCIALSUPLEX, you'll get your first month for free. So be sure to do that. And also, I want to make sure that you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to leave a, leave a rating and a review if you are so inclined to. You can also leave a donation through our new podcast provider, Red Circle. So be sure to support us by following the podcast on Twitter, at ATElitePod, and follow Social Suplex, at, S, at Social Suplex, and of course follow at PhoenixAEW, and at All Elite Tiffany on Twitter, and you can follow myself 
at SZoomer4. And Floyd, what is your Twitter? At Floyd Johnson Jr. All right. Now that we've got everything set out, it's time for the news. Now, starting off with the big AEW news of the week, going into this week in All Elite Wrestling, we had the announcement that Mike Tyson would be making his debut on AEW Dynamite after he presented the TNT Championship to Cody Rhodes at Double or Nothing. And there was a lot of speculation on exactly what he was going to do on the show. There were some people in the inner circle, Jericho, and some other people that were talking smack about Jer- uh, Mike Tyson. We didn't know if there was going to be a confrontation or if he was just going to be on commentary or at ringside again for maybe Cody uh, Cody cutting a promo. We had no idea what was going to happen, but it was the first time that um, Mike Tyson was on wrestling television since, like, the 90s and stuff. No, actually, no, since 2009 when he was in WWE. So it's been a while since he's been on wrestling TV. So this was a huge announcement going into this show. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a huge announcement going on this show. And it was the main event of Dynamite. So I figured we probably should go ahead and talk about it now. We'll do our full, like, we'll do more into Dynamite. But because uh, it was such a huge thing, uh, Chris Jericho's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chris Jericho's in the ring, you know, and it's just like, you know, they're they're basically through a pep rally because they expected to win, and now they're doing a pep <laughs> rally and they lost on Saturday. So it's very, you know, they're down and uh, they gave each other gifts. Uh, how'd you feel about Ortiz and the whole uh, sound thing? Him talking really loud to play off the bell being ringing in his ear. Well, first of all, um, I liked how they kept that up. And also, second of all, whenever Ortiz just shouts in general, he's hysterical. When he was when we were at all, all AEW Revolution, uh, he was shouting at some fans that were at uh, that were like right on ringside, and he was just a riot. It was so good. So I'm glad that they gave him an excuse to just be a loud, annoying, just just piece of garbage. But I also say, leading into this pep rally, they talked about how they were expecting to come out on top and how they had so many t-shirts made of the Inner Circle wins the first ever stadium stampede match, and now they're just like, what are we going to do with all these shirts? And I'm like, there are some kids uh, around the world that could use some t-shirts, so send them their way instead of just giving it to some people in, in the crowd that are MMA and WWE guys or former wrestlers and stuff. It was quite funny and also i'm very happy vicky opened up that pep rally because it was really nice to see her with a mic in her hand yeah uh it was funny because she didn't even need a mic she's so just loud she and she cheered for everybody to come out apparently i found out on uh different shows that she was a cheerleader for like uh uh el paso minor league baseball team or something like that so she had the chops for it uh i i, I want that vicky guerrero ticket I want to get the ticket to how she got to the events this weekend. But uh, reach out to her on Twitter. Yeah, reach yeah, out. Like, hey, can I can I be your plus one next time? You know. Uh, but yeah, she was she was brilliant. Uh, she's just she's a heat magnet. I love that about her, and she doesn't care, which I love even more about her. Oh, you just imagine if there were fans in the crowd too, with Vicky just shouting at the top of her lungs, like how much booze would just be flown at her but like of course with everything going on that's just not possible but oh when when fans are able to come back and if vicky's on tv again dude she's gonna be just absorbing the heat from the crowd yeah uh yeah there was a few times and we'll talk about it later where i thought they might be leading to something with uh vicky guerrero and a lady from the female roster or from the women's roster but uh you know i'll save that for later uh yeah, so I thought that was really cool. She announced everybody came out, and uh, they gave each other gifts. And oh and, yeah, there were there were tons of gifts that were given out, including uh, my my personal favorite was um, when Jake Hager read his poetry because yes. I had never took him as a guy who uh, did much spoken word in his career. But you know what? I can see a I can see a future for him in the world of spoken poetry, in after his wrestling career. So yeah, don't I, close that door, Hager, because that, that door will remain open as much as you keep writing. Yes, uh, I would hate, hate. I don't know if Jake Hager, I think he has boys, but if he has a girl, I would hate to be the dude to try to date his daughter. 
because uh, that uh, <laughs> that your promo went a little bit off the off the rails. That of uh, home went a little bit off the rails at the end and got a little threatening. You know. Yeah. Well, like I, it's just he's a he's a present. So like yeah. I just yeah like if you try if you try to marry your way into that family like best of luck to you. I don't think it's gonna go well for you though. Yeah, he was one of those. He's one of those people that you you see that he's big on TV, but when you meet him in person, he's so much bigger. He oh, is yeah. a large human. Uh, I I make the joke all the time that MMA people are a different breed because I look at Jake Hager, and and if he is doing any sorts of active aggression towards me, I would roll up into the fetal position and beg no. But <laughs> someone out there looks at him and says, you know what? I could kick his ass. That's a different someone breed of does, person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a different that's, breed of that's, person. That's a different breed of person. You and I are not that breed of person <laughs> at I all. am not that breed of person. Jake, Jake Hager to take my lunch money every day, and I wouldn't even complain about it. I just bring more of the money. I will present my money on a silver platter and be like, here, sir, I can go get more in my bank account. Just give me, like, 15 minutes. Just, yes. like, I will be back. I promise yeah, you. Yeah, I'll just bring double the lunch money, tuck some in my sock, you know. But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, Jake Hager is a, a, a big guy. So if he was reading that letter and t- directing it towards me, telling me he's going to come to my house and get me, no. I would not sleep again. I would just be done sleeping for the rest of my life. I'll just sleep with my eyes open. That's possible, right? Exactly. But, yeah, no. All the gifts were given out, including uh, Sammy Guevara tried to present some food. Didn't go right. Uh, It was kind of a mistake happened there. It was like, oh, no, where'd the food go? And eventually it all led up to Jericho, who wanted to get revenge on on Mike Tyson for what he did to him and how he betrayed him over ten years ago. And eventually, Mike Tyson does come down with a giant posse and just has a fall-down stare-off with the Inner Circle and Mike Tyson and his crew. Tyson starts to tear through his AEW shirt while while Jericho's talking. And I'll tell you what, that shows how strong those pro wrestling t-shirts are because... Even Tyson was having str- some trouble with that. So shout out to you know our what? boys at Pro Wrestling Tees. You can't tear their shirts easily like that. That's what you call good Ryan, quality yeah. shirts. Ryan, Ryan, you guys are doing some great work down there. So great way to go! Like you were prepared for Mike Tyson being one. Like I'm gonna tear the 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 hell out of this shirt. But then it just it just it just spewed out into an all out brawl. They started beating the living crap out of each other. The locker room emptied out. It was insanity it was a huge moment to end the show and it blew up everywhere in the sports world espn cbs bleach report everyone was reporting on this this was like front page stuff because it was because mike tyson has been building a name just out of like really getting back into working out and just looking like a killer and now all of a sudden there's thoughts of is this going to be a legitimate match? What are we going to get out of this? There's so many different ways this can go. And with Tyson and his love of pro wrestling and his love of um, working with these guys, you can tell it's, it's going to be interesting. And Tyson even said backstage, he's, he's coming for Jericho. So we'll see exactly what this builds to. But all I know is I'm very, very excited to see what happens. Well, Mike Tyson came out with an amazing group of people and badasses. He's like, Brought the badasses with him. He brought Vitor Bell, uh, v- uh, Vic- uh, Victor Bre- Belfort, Vitor, Vitor, excuse me, V I T O R, Vitor Belfort. He brought Sugar Rashad Evans, and he brought Henry Cueto, Suedo. I don't know, C U J U D O. So <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, even though I might not pronounce his name. And then they they come down to the ring, and then there's this guy in paint face paint. He's acting crazy, and no one knows who the hell he is. Turns out he's an actor named Mickey Gooch. I have literally never heard that name before today, uh, before Wednesday when I was trying to figure. He's out very eye catching. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, he played it up. Uh, this um, this um. This whole brawl and everything was for the casual fans and, you know, people out there. It was very exciting. 
Got AEW's name out there. They were on the front page of Bleacher Report, ESPN, CNN, all at the same time uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 after this came out. I will say this, and this is about a negative, as I, I get it wasn't for me. Uh, Mike Tyson, who I loved, and he's a very big part of my childhood, and if I ever get the chance to meet him, I will. I've spent many, many hours on Mike Tyson Punch-Out. We spent many, many uh, times watching Stolen Cable to watch his pay-per-view matches, which was, you know, that was kind of a thing he did in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was I, – I, Mike Tyson's a big part of my childhood. I, I, he, he was, you know, what Michael Jordan is today and Mike Tyson was then. He was, <sighs> he was Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor all put together. It was like everybody was watching the Tyson fight, you know. If you weren't watching the Tyson's fight, you were over somebody else's house watching it. It was it was like the Super Bowl when it happened. You know, that's how many people were watching Tyson. You figured out a way to watch it. And so he, he's God. And then he did a lot for the WWE in the 90s. I, you know, personally, he, I like him more as the enforcer outside role than the person in the context. Because... I think he's a shitty actor. <laughs> now, and this was before he ever appeared on AEW. He always looks like he's one millisecond away from smiling, laughing, like it's the biggest joke ever. I understand what wrestling is. I get it. I've known most of my life. But I need, need you to pretend like you're in some kind of impending danger or, or actually pissed off. Yeah. So no. I, so, so I understand. I just want to make this clear. I understand. I think Mike Tyson is one hundred percent necessary for AEW as a small company. People that people that don't necessarily watch wrestling or care about wrestling are going to pay more attention because Mike Tyson is there, and that's a great way to get your brand out there. It's just I don't know where this program is going from here. But I'm going to be honest. Not really going to be for me. It's not for me. It's not what I really want in my wrestling. Yeah, sure. And even if, even if that's the case too, there was some stuff on this show that you could that wrestling fans would especially get into. And there's a oh, lot yeah. of things to look forward to. So yeah, even if you didn't necessarily, 40, it was an hour and forty five minutes of freaking awesome. Like I said, yeah. that last fifteen minutes. I, and I'm saying I don't hate it. I want to make it clear I don't hate it. It's not for me. It's just like I have a certain level of suspension of disbelief when it comes that I go into when I watch wrestling. I go into the fantasy world of professional wrestling. I dive in for two hours, and I just enjoy it. Kinda, it kind of took me out of my suspension of disbelief. Yeah, which, I mean, that's just what happens when outsiders get into professional wrestling. It's a different world, and even though Tyson's had experience, it's still it's still not the same world he's used to. He's yeah. been I, he's been in a different world for way longer than this world. Yeah, and I want to make it clear: I completely understand his purpose, and I think it's a necessary. I think it's necessary to help build AEW's brand. I do, because you need right now. If you talk to a normal person that doesn't watch professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is WWE. Just like Coke is soda, you know, to uh, to certain parts of the country. Or, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, you want to blow your nose, hand me a Kleenex. You know, you know, Kleenex is not the brand, it's actual facial tissue or whatever. That's what WWE yeah. is to wrestling. The only way people are going to know that AEW is also wrestling is if that name gets out there and people keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. They hear AEW, hear AEW, and they're like, oh, let me give it a shot. Mike Tyson makes your name more visible. Absolutely. And it will, it will, it's one of those moments that like people will remember too. Just, oh, just oh, absolutely. The absolute insanity of it. Yeah, absolutely. I would have loved, because that originally, if you think about it, you're saying everything's supposed to happen the same way it is. Okay, Mike Tyson, This the show was supposed to be in Vegas. So where Mike Tyson lives, where Mike Tyson's made millions of dollars fighting, just think of that crowd reaction both of those nights with Mike Tyson being sure. involved. It would have been killer. It's just 
Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. Paul Tyson thing is going to be something that sticks in people's memories for sure. But real quick, I want to jump back a little bit towards being the elite because there were some highlights that I feel like we need to go over. So I'll go over a few of the biggest moments from being the elite this week. First off the show, it cold opened with a stab at FTR's old leaked uh, gimmick change or revival or um, uh, gear change that they were that that leaked onto the internet with the ridiculous neon and the giant chain that had the clock or whatever was on it. It was absurd looking. So the young bucks took a joke at that and just made, it was just oh this is our double or nothing gear and he's like uh are you serious and then they just like please tell me we have backup and he's like fine I thought you would have liked this jeez. That was amazing. I'm so glad they did that, especially with what happened on on Dynamite this week. We also had the second uh, funeral session in Being the Elite's history. This one for Vanguard 1, which was just absolutely absurd. But the biggest thing of all was the was the was the uh, like after credit scene where we saw the return of the villain Marty Skrull. Yes, they were talking about how they needed a little extra something to get them over the edge, you know. And it was like, oh, they need a villain, you know. And Marty was there, and they were in a circle like the inner circle. And he was talking, and he's like, hey, British waiter dude, just put the money down. Put the food down and get away. (laughs) And Brandon's recording this, which is hilarious, and he's like, so Marty realizes they're not paying attention to him and he goes to leave and Brandon's like, Hey man, you missed it. And they're like, What? He's like, You forgot the tip. They Oh, we're gonna be we're like gonna be dicks and they uh go to looking for him the tip. But yeah, Marty Skrull on VTE for the very first time. I I think uh he did a he sent in a video when Matt and Nick uh wrestled on two hundred, so I mean, but that's the first time he was in a scene with the guys in a very long time. So, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty memorable. It was one of those uh, great scenes. I do want to throw out that the MVP of being the elite this week was Frankie K at the uh, funeral, saying how stupid it was <laughs> they were having a funeral for uh, Vanguard One. He's like, "This is a fucking drone. He no sold it the whole way." <laughs> I just thought that was I just thought his performance was hilarious because for all those people out there saying the same thing, he was like Frankie was them. He was like, I, I understand you. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And that whole that whole segment was hysterical. And I know a lot of people uh are hoping now that Marty had that small appearance in being the elite that maybe he Ring of Honor and um and AEW can somehow work out a deal where they could where he could show up. We have no idea what exactly that's going to be a sign of, but at least it was a great return for Marty to show up with the entire elite and just have that whole that whole segment right there. I think that made a lot of people really happy, and it was a great great moment for sure. Yeah, I would think, and this is just me personally. I love AEW's roster, and they should be doing everything to uh, get their roster over. I'm not saying anything other than that it would be kind of a great sign to show who they are as a company is over the next few weeks as, you know, the world's turning back on, feature some ROH wrestlers, feature some NWA wrestlers, just, you know, like to, you know, show goodwill. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And I think it would be just great to have like a, a decent business relationship. I think it would help both companies for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, seriously, there's only two wrestling companies on TV right now because of, I mean, I guess I guess Impact is on. So never mind. Sorry to all our Impact <laughs> fans out there. But there's not a lot of wrestling on TV. ROH has, you know, not been recording. If they could somehow get some of the wrestlers on TV and, you know, to remind people that they're still there. That would be yeah. Good. It would it would ju- it would be a huge way to make sure that people still like turn to them and stuff, and make sure the that the brand still gets viewership. Yeah, because you know the world will eventually turn back on, and when it does, you know, you'll have ROH and we'll have shows and we'll have wrestling weekends, and it, it'll just be good for you know people to be out, get back out, and support your favorite wrestlers. 
Yeah, 100%. And another big highlight of this week in AEW was the announcement of Cody coming out with his TNT championship, announcing that, guys, I am hosting an open challenge for this title. And then eventually they had a battle royal to determine who would be challenging for the TNT title for the first week of this open challenge. Because Cody said, if you were someone who was critical of me bell to bell, watch what I do next, because he will stand here every single week on TNT with this title giving out an open challenge. So seems like he might try to keep this open challenge going for every single week, which would be really exciting. And in the battle royal that was held later on in the show, which featured a ton of talented guys and girls, guys, um, the match was won by Jungle Boy, who had been having a tear recently. Not, just not, a, not only as part of Jurassic Express, but also really showcasing himself as a singles competitor. And a match has been declared that next week on Dynamite we are going to have Cody versus Jungle Boy for the TNT Championship, which I think as a first matchup for this TNT Open Challenge, I think that's a really, really great place to start off with. Yeah, um, I had, I like, at first when he won, I had my hesitation because he had just lost the MJF. And I see Jungle Boy as somebody that they're building the future around. So I was like, oh, winning the Battle Royal was like, I don't know, because, you know, he's going to wrestle Cody. And, uh, and this is me making a big assumption that he's going to lose to Cody. It would be hilarious for Cody to announce that he's going to, you know, do an open challenge and then lose his first match. I, of mm -hmm. course, wouldn't want that to happen because Cody, but that would be hilarious. Jungle Boy is one of those guys that, you know, He's one of those guys where you can see everything in him that makes a wrestling star. It's just he's gonna he's just he's gonna have to fill out and just you know get there. So uh, I think the match will be presented as he's good, but just not quite good enough with Cody, which I'm fine with. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, him taking two, I wouldn't call them big, big losses in a row, but it's just. MJF, then Cody. I know he's run uh, dark matches since then, but I don't know. It just didn't – I didn't know if I liked him as the winner. But every time I don't like something AEW does, they prove to me that I should just wait and let you know let things happen. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let things happen. Well, also, well, also you have the fact that um, MJF basically got his comeuppance from that uh, victory over – Jungle Boy with him losing to Jungle Boy in this battle royal. So this was a good way for Jungle Boy to kind of get his win back in a sense over MJF while MJF is still technically undefeated in AEW. So I think this was a good way of like, first off, capping that off with Jungle Boy getting his revenge. And then second of all, he has shown himself to be like crazy, crazy good and has been on a really good uh, tear recently. So this one made sense to me. I'm I'm very interested. The things I'm interested to see is like who gets the shots down the line because with the amount of talent that they have on the roster, how the the matches that I'm trying to think of happening for the TNT Championship, there's so many that I feel like have a chance to be just huge and then just thinking if anybody can take that title from Cody. So there's a lot of big opportunities with this open challenge and I'm really glad they're going down this route. And the way they were cutting the promo, I uh it seems as if it almost seems as if he's challenging everybody. So it doesn't like they might bring in weekly challengers from outside of AEW. That's what it's, it, that's what it kind of gave me the feel. It was another million dollar promo from Cody. You know, if you want to know why Cody, Tom Brady is Cody's favorite quarterback, you know, he, he told you in this interview and most importantly, my first part is where he was trying to drive home the fact that he wasn't Tony Khan's first choice. He wasn't his second. He wasn't his third. Then he stopped and said he was his fourth. And he held yeah. that four. He didn't hold that four for a second. He hold the, held that four for right there. And you know Cody is a person that if you know this for the last few years, he doesn't do things that doesn't mean something. You know what I mean? Oh, and, totally. And I was like, so hints out there. So maybe, maybe a Cody-led four horseman type stable might 
happen one day, you know, only my heart can wait. But then, but he started saying like, we're pulling the best in the world. Now I know Pentagon is stuck in Mexico and, and I believe him and Jack Evans and um, Pac is stuck in the UK. So there's people all stuck in the world. So he could have been talking about AEW wrestlers, but what it sounded like more to me is that they're going to be bringing in different people from maybe different organizations, maybe people that have recently become free agents to challenge for the title. There's so many opportunities I feel like that could come from this, and I think it's just going to keep fans really intrigued to see what happens next. Absolutely. Now we have to talk about one of the other big moments from this week, uh, which came from the opening match of Dynamite this week, which was a six-man tag bout between the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy, who showed out as his old-school version one uh, vessel, versus Private Party and the bad boy Joey Janela. This match was really great, and I think it was a great showing. Uh, It was a shame that uh, Quinn, I believe, was the one who suffered a quick injury, but it was a good thing that Matt Hardy noticed it, and they made sure he was doing okay after the match. But overall, the match was really strong. However, the Butcher and the Blade ended up jumping the Young Bucks after Matt Hardy and and Private Party took Quinn back back to the back. The Butcher and the Blade jumped the Bucks from behind while they were celebrating, but then all of a sudden... In a low rider pickup truck, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, FTR, finally make their debut in AEW. They come into the ring. We don't know if they're going to attack the Bucks. We don't know if they're going to attack Butcher and Blade. So they just kind of stare down everybody. But then immediately FTR go after the Butcher and the Blade. And then the Young Bucks stand off with them, but then quickly knock Butcher and the Blade out of the ring, and then they just stare down in this match between two of the tag teams that people call the best in the world right now. A few that people have been talking about for years. And now it has become possible, and this is something that, me personally, I've been waiting so long for this, ever since the FTR jokes that were happening in Being the Elite. I have been waiting for these guys to finally get somewhere where they will be used properly and that they will be treated like legitimate fucking contenders. And I'm so excited to see this feud between these guys because this is something that, like, these guys, like, if people thought Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros was something that was unbelievable, I don't think we're going to be prepared for the matches that these guys can put on together. It's going to be unbelievable. Oh my God! This is where Floyd loses his shit. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you've ever, if you've listened to this show, if you've listened to me on any other show, you will understand. There are two things I love in this world, uh, and when it comes to professional wrestling, the thing I love most is tag team wrestling, and the tag team that personifies tag team wrestling. My favorite tag team. Formerly Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, it is Jax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, the FTR. They are my team. They are my number one. They are the love of my life. And when they came out in trucks, they came out in the trucks. And, you know, there were so many callbacks in just in them coming out. They come out in the trucks and they get out of their trucks and they're in all denim. Uh, the day was May 27th. That was a shout out to on May 27th. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and all denim showed up to uh, Nitro like 20-some-odd years ago. That was the first thing they did. The second thing they did when they jumped through the ropes, and, and they do the little stare down the Bucks, they jump. They throw them to the ropes, and they do the, like, double the fist thing. Uh, I forgot what tag team they did. I believe that was from Demolition. It was just a full-body tackle. Then after they do the full-body tackle, shout-out to Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard who were in the back. They, they do a spike pile driver on the blade. Then the uh, mm-hmm. spike pile driver on the blade. Uh, then uh, after uh, the Butcher comes back, he gets a super kick from uh, the Hardy Boy, uh, uh, Young Bucks, excuse me. And then they hit him with their uh, famous, their famous Shatter Machine. It was just a bunch of just callbacks to who they were as a tag team. Uh, who they are as a tag team. They are the Revival. They are FTR. They are the Revolt. Whatever you want to call them. Uh, they put out a shirt and it says fuck the rest. And you know, 
I believe that when it comes to the FDR, um, th this was monumental. I mean, this is, I call on this show, I've said that uh, AEW has the best tag team in the world, or, or uh, best tag team division in the world, and it's not even close. They have literally lapped every other tag team division in the, in the world. If you look at, you want to talk about any wrestling, you know, you talk about let's this this is the equivalent of WWE like signing, you know, like WWE signing like Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay, you know, yeah. and them because these three tag teams. If you look at a year ago in January, you talking about the the best tag teams in the world. You're gonna be like. Okay, well, the best tag team in the WWE is the Revival. You're going to be like the best tag team in Impact Wrestling is LAX. You're going to say the best tag team in New Japan ROH. Oh, it's definitely the Young Bucks. You know, these are three tag teams that are in the top five of everybody's top five tag teams. They're all under the same roof now. It's just, it's just, <laughs> you, you you look at the whole thing and you just think of the matches and you salivate over it because you're like, oh my God. And you still got K-Man and Kenny that just put on like a plus five star uh, tag team match. You still got the original tag team champions SCU. You still have the best friends that can put on a team. You have the Dark Order. You have Butch and the Blade. Oh hell, you got private uh, private party coming up. Oh, Jimmy Havoc and Sabian got our kids. They are the best tag team division in the world, and it's not close. It really isn't, honestly. <laughs> you look at everything they got. It's like you can't – if there's one th – I've, I've said it for the longest time. If there's one thing that these guys have done better than anybody else is just creating such a good tag division. Yeah, and I forgot about the Lucha Bros who can either be single or tag team. Because the tag team division is so strong, they can probably – just focus on being singles competitors now. Phoenix could be a singles champion, yeah, not yeah. even like not, yes. if when he's healthy, he could be a singles champion like in a day. Yes, you could take other tag teams and you know let them do singles without them even breaking up. I even forgot TH two uh, two with Jack Evans and then yeah, and Hella Cole. dude, the tag team division is so deep. The Dark Order, I think, is the number one contenders. And they were one of the best tag teams. They were the best. Yeah, and tag best, fr team. best best friends best friends won a title opportunity at Double or Nothing. Good lord, this division's so deep that it's like sickening. It's like it's almost like someone's gonna get lost in the shuffle because there's so many good tag teams. You're gonna have tag team feuds that have nothing to do with the belts. Speaking of natural nightmares. Shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out. They are so, like, Sean Spears was looking for a tag team partner, and then that all of a sudden stopped. I see why. The tag team division is just, it, it's a murderer's row, you know, and it's crazy. Like I said, I love it. I love tag team wrestling. I love this. These two guys are going to bring a different style, a more traditional work, work a limb, I actually use the tag ropes, take advantage of one person, original tag team style. They are the brain they are the love child of the brainbusters in the Midnight Express, but they do it with a whole new level of attitude and for lack of a better word, swag. The way they walk, the way they talk, they they, they walk tough, hit harder, love them. I I know I went on for a while, but you don't understand. Uh, think of your favorite. Oh, this wrestler. is huge. Think of think of your favorite wrestler. This is my favorite tag team. Two badasses walking through the door, and they're like, you know, and they went to the bullies on the block. They went to the best tag team in the world. They, they might have the belts, but the Young Bucks are still the best tag team in the world. And they said, we're not going to attack you. We're just letting you know that we're here and we're out. And they didn't shake hands. They didn't say, oh, we're besties. They just wanted to let them know. They came in to let them know that the boys are in town. I am ecstatic over the next few months. 
because I just like I just know they'll be treated with the respect that they ha- need. And if fans are allowed, and the revival and FTR are t- wrestling against each other, I will be in the front row. Oh I'm yeah, saying and this now. You're talking about a team where one half of the team literally knocked out the jackass who tried to jump Bret Hart. He knocked him. He knocked out that fool in a single punch. Like, come on. FTR is somebody. Like, this team is going to go crazy in AEW, and I cannot wait to see the stuff that these guys do. You're going to see some five-star classic tag matches in the in the near future. It's going to be unbelievable. And, like, even outside of that, we have so many other things this week on Dynamite that we're seeing grow and we're seeing things build up. We have this feud between Brian Cage and... John Moxley, which is slowly building because Cage made his debut on Dynamite this week. He faced Lee Johnson and just gave him a beating like you wouldn't imagine. Like, And while Moxley was on commentary and he's just kind of shrugging him off, Taz is like, oh, you're not shrugging us off. You're going to be paying attention to us very quickly because he is just going to beat the hell out of him at Fighter Fest. He says, you're dealing with that man right there. It's yeah. just... That, like, you look at the tag team division, but all of a sudden, oh, we got this killer in Brian Cage who's going to face a murderer in John Moxley, and these two are going to kill each other. Yes, and it's just like, uh, he, he says he's just going to, he told him he's going to rip his heart out. And, you know, Moxley's response on commentary, of course, they couldn't hear. He says, this is going to be fun. Again, professional wrestlers, you know, different mindset. Because I look at Brian Cage, and I think, be my friend, protect me. Moxley looks at him like that's going to be fun. We and John Moxley have two vastly different definitions of what fun is. Yes. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. Ryan Cage does not seem fun. I I love what he brings to the company. I love Taz as his mouthpiece. You can tell a little bit, a little bit. Taz hasn't been on the mic in that sort of term for a little bit. There's a little stutter in there. But you know, the one person you don't have to have know how to talk like a badass is Taz. So, oh sure, th- that's gonna be improved every week. I love the group. He said to beat me if you can, beat him if you can, survive if he lets you. Oh my God, you understand the 1997-96 version of Floyd kind of peed himself right then because back then, <laughs> you know, ECW wasn't on Oklahoma TV. So we had to, you know, catch tapes, and it was sometimes three, six months later. So pretty much I saw the highlights of who Taz was, and I thought he was the biggest badass ever. You know, I'm talking ECW Taz. He kept on to a little bit of who Taz was in the WWE, but he wasn't fully Taz. Yeah. So that being said, uh, I, I just felt that attitude of the original Taz there. Oh, totally. And, like, you've got that feud going on, which for the AEW world title is going to be huge. And then just this episode, too, we also had uh, the winner of this tag match that happened between SCU and Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, where the winner gets a shot at Hangman and Omega next week for the titles. And Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian really showcasing themselves as a tag team, which not a lot of people a few weeks ago would have thought that would have been a thing. But they're showing themselves to be a solid tag team, and I think this matchup that we're going to have next week on Dynamite is one that people are going to look at and really be surprised at how well Sabian and Havoc work together as a tag team. And kind kind of the same as when Hangman and Omega teamed up, but a little less so because they were already in the Elite and they were already familiar with each other. But this is going to be uh, really interesting to see how this goes and also, like, this match against SEU on Dynamite was just really good in general, too. Like, the tag, you just keep coming back to the tag division and how much, like, just stuff you can sift through and not find, like, anything that's below quality, I feel like. Yeah, it's like, I don't want them to. I never want them to. They could, they have so many tag teams, they could support a secondary tag team title. I don't want them to. This is not me calling for yeah. it. Don't start a hashtag or anything like that because I don't want it. <laughs> I'm just talking about the depth of the division. That's an example used for the depth of the division is that they are so deep 
that there's like levels to the tag team division now. You have your top tier teams, middle tier, and a lower tier, which most team most companies struggle for a top tier. So yeah, this is crazy how deep this tag division is. Yeah, and then at the same time, you got stuff happening with the women's division with Britt Baker, who cut a really funny role model promo about how you need to be a role model and how you do that, and of course, still digging Tony Schiavone and just giving him hell. And then, of course, you had Sheeta have her first match as the newly crowned AEW World uh, Women's World Champion against uh, Chrissy Janes. Um, I'm just so happy with everything that's been going on. Like, I, it's hard for me to find anything that I don't like that's going on with Dynamite or with AEW. Just you're looking like like I love Sheeta. I'm so happy she's champion. I love FTR. I'm so happy they're here. I love like the idea of Moxley and Cage just going at it. And then like of course you have Tyson showing up, which is huge. And even though I'm not like totally behind it, it's a huge momentum boost for the show and for for just getting people to tune in. Like this Dynamite had so much going for it. It was legitimately unbelievable like everything that happened was like i didn't find a bad thing at all on this show at all yes uh yeah uh sheeta with christy james uh anytime uh, i play on creative wrestlers on wwe 2k or video games my finisher is always the falcon arrow so i love someone effectively using the fact of falcon arrow as a finisher oh yeah and how freakishly strong Sheeta is again for someone so tiny and wrestling people so much bigger than her, she does not have any problems manipulating the weight of someone, you know, like she does, like someone much bigger than her would be able to do. Christy James looks good. I don't know if they're going to use her in the future, but I liked how she worked with Cheetah in the match. Uh, Britt Brit Baker, she called out the conspirator, the Mayhead conspirator, Arby Edwards, who, you know, who is every lead. time she lost every time she's lost she's been there she's been there even when she broke her nose she was somewhere you know so apparently <laughs> Aubrey Harris yeah. has it out for Britt Baker but you know what you can't keep a role model down she announces she will be at all out hopefully I will be too if they let me in I'll be standing outside knocking on the door hopefully they let me in yeah, she'll just be you'll just be camping out at the Sears Center for like weeks on end. Yes, I, I I need this, I need this. I I keep I keep saying I hope they just announce anything, because it's just I just need something to look forward to. But I know they can't announce anything until stuff starts opening up. Good news is Illinois started opening up, so uh, yeah, yeah, it has started opening up. Uh, Pro wrestling tees. Uh, they are lifting on retail stores, but because they're so backlogged on orders, they won't be able to have stock the in-store shirts until July 1st. So that's the yeah. day they're going to open up. See, we're shouting you out Pro Wrestling Tees. Remember us. Remember us. So no, Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, uh, it was it was a very good show. I, you know, it was a very good show. Um, what else am I? I'm, I'm thinking I missed something. And I don't think I did. We covered everything. No, we pretty much covered. We pretty much covered all the main hits from Dynamite. There were some smaller things that happened in Dark that I want to cover too. Um, the the one main one I wanted to talk about because I'm really interested in exactly what they're going down because they've been they've been tweeting about it. We saw a little bit of it during Dynamite, like in between matches. Um, what's going on with QT Marshall and Allie? Um, where Allie's kind of just slightly flirting and like like trying to get into QT's head like just bringing his apple down ringside during his ma- his his match with Dustin against Alex Reynolds and John Silver that happened on dark I'm really interested to see exactly what's going to happen cuz we haven't like I said we haven't seen a ton of Butcher and Blade recently other than when they jumped the Young Bucks this week on Dynamite but other than that we it's been a little rare on their sightings and Ali hasn't been seen with Butcher and Blade re- for in a, in a couple weeks. I'm interested to see exactly what the motive is for Allie just slightly flirting with QT because it's just like, first of all, I'm jealous. Second of all, um, <laughs> second of all, I want to see what exactly comes out of this. So I got a few few thoughts on this. First of all, I have to say, 
because I'm really, really corny and I like saying corny things. Looks like QT found a new apple of his eye. Hey! <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, so I'm, uh, I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. Uh, I didn't think of that. God damn it. <laughs> so okay. Second of all, my first thought, because I've been watching AEW so long, and I've actually been told my friends that they didn't think of it either, is that there's one of the building block stories of AEW. One of the first women feuds of AEW was Brandy secretly hating Allie. That's true. That is really true. They had the match, and then Awesome Cog debuted and cost Allie the match against Brandy. Then Allie, uh, Brandy and Allie cut, uh, Brandy and uh, Awesome Kong cut Allie's hair. Yeah. After that, she came back as the bunny. So the fact that Allie might be trying to come between QT and take his focus away from his tag team and the Natural Nightmares to get back at Brandy for the past uh, transgressions only makes sense to me. Maybe, yeah, you know, and maybe, maybe people haven't connected that string. It just seems like it makes sense to me. Yeah, totally. I think that just seeing where this goes is going to be really interesting in general. And um, I think it, giving QT something to do, too, because I think for a lot of fans, um, QT is one of those guys that they still kind of need to get to know a little bit more. With him teaming with Dustin definitely helps. But having this slight little storyline that's going on, I think, is only going to make people, like, kind of see where QT goes with this, too. So uh, that was re- that was one of, the hi- one of the small highlights from Dark. We also had uh, the continuation of the Brandon Cutler versus Peter Avalon in the battle of the losing records where Brandon Cutler lost to Michael Nakazawa via countout and then Avalon ended up losing to Jungle Boy and the match for some reason had Marco stunt kissing Aliba Bates which I did not I did not see coming and nor did I really ask to see that but we saw it anyway so it's whatever <laughs> but yeah I was I was definitely uh, um Surprised by that spot. There was a few other things that happened on Dynamite where we had some some debuting start some debuting people who came up against some some other opponents. Uh, this I, week's I, I, dark was a big I, I, yeah. This I, week's dark was a big just yeah. a lot of uh, developmental matches. I felt like yeah. I can give you the rundown real quick. We had Cold Commander beating Lee Johnson. This is not in order. The Natural Nightmares beat Jonathan Silver and Alex Reynolds. The tag team of Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss came back after a long time. And they beat John Schuyler and this big, huge monster named Brady Pierce. He was like 6'7". Warlow destroys this dude named Gr- Grimm and wins by knockout. Uh, C, uh, Christopher Daniels beats Serpentico. Um, uh, Michael Nakazawa beat Brandon Cutler by countout. Jungle Boy beat Peter Avalon. Sabian and Havoc continue their winning ways by beating Tony Donato and Fabu Andre. And then Penelope Ford beat Kylan King. That was all the matches that happened on Dynamite this week. I mean, or on Dark, Dark yeah. this week, yeah. Yeah, so it was a big, uh, perf- uh, like, just combination of a lot of um, newer talent, that yeah. enhancement talent that was getting their first shot on TV or on on Dark. And then we also had some other people who were continuing. We had some people who debuted last week who were getting their second matchup. So this week on Dark, we had a lot of... Um, stuff like that but we also had best friends who got a matchup leading into how they're going to get a title shot pretty soon so there's a lot of build going into that in the future but i feel like leading into dynamite next week we have a lot to look forward to because looking down first of all you have that tag team title match between omega and hangman versus sabian and and havoc we also have the first uh matchup of the tnt open challenge between cody and jungle boy for the tnt championship we have Chris Jericho, Le Champion, taking on Colt Cabana, which is a match that I never knew that I needed in my life. But now that I've seen it, I want it in my life so badly. We have Nyla Rose taking on Big Swole, who I'm so happy is getting a matchup on Dynamite, considering how much of a riot she was on Double or Nothing. And then, of course, we also have FTR, who's going to be having a sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone. We also have, let's see if I make sure I got everything. I think that's everything. And, of course, we have Brian Cage, who's going to be in action as well. So there's a lot to look forward to coming up this next week on Dynamite. And 
they've just been on a roll with these shows after you got double or nothing and then you have this solid this unbelievably solid dynamite and now we're gonna have another one that looks even better by chance coming up next week yeah um yeah dynamite this week was great uh just a few things they had 827,000 viewers this week i don't you know, I quit doing the ratings because AEW like won every week, but 827,000 viewers is actually pre-pandemic numbers. So yeah, that, it that, really is. Yeah, so that is an actual really good sign and really good number. Uh, Dave Meltzer actually reported uh, that estimated. He he says the numbers aren't solid right now, but everyone says. Uh, the numbers are up from Revolution 15%, and if TV goes along that way, it's going to be between 100,000 and 110,000, and it could go up to 115,000 to 120,000. There is no solid numbers out there, so if you're hearing any, they don't exist. Yeah, but like just just that thought alone is a really good sign to hear, just considering how how well... AEW's been doing with their with with booking matches and putting on great shows in these last couple of weeks. Yeah, and without uh, being able to travel, and you know, another way to get your brand out there is the weekly shows in different cities you hadn't worked before. Kids getting to come see your shows and tell their friends, and that was a different way to get your name out there. So not having that, not having to get your name out, you know, not having that to get your name out there. The fact that they can continue to see at least a steady number or growth is great. And it also shows the depth of the roster too, considering how like squads like Death Triangle with Pac and Pentagon and Phoenix aren't in action right now. You've got other wrestlers that are stuck some places and that they can't travel. Like it just shows the depth of the roster that they have. Like a lot of these people showing up on, on Dynamite and like Maybe some people that you like haven't shown up in a while, but that's okay because we also have this guy showing up or this girl showing up, and it just shows how strong the roster really is because having that depth is so important, especially during situations like this because you look at other other promotions when you lose some when 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 companies lose certain guys, it can be really tough to really tough to try to build back up that level of steam that you had when you had that guy. But Dynamite's really showing that AEW has good depth when it comes to their roster, which is so important in wrestling. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, AEW has, you know, their initial roster, and then they've added the needs that they've had uh, one by one to fill out the roster. If you ask me right now, you know, once the pandemic's over, I'm actually good with the roster. I mean, you should always be looking at new talent and developing new talent, but there's no wrestler out there right now that's free that I'm like, we must have them in AEW. Yeah, and like, it's just kind of, you can just build with what you got. If somebody comes along that you think is like, we need to get this guy, then you do that. And I think that's a good place to be at and not just being like, we need to get this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Just because like, then like, talent's just going to get kipped push her, push lower and lower down the car but i think it's a great area of, of of growth that i think this this talent and this roster can have like going week to week with television yeah and talk uh, to talk about another uh give big ups or props or whatever you want to call it to the ownership of AEW uh Brian Cage got hurt in one of his last matches with Impact uh AEW signed him in January and paid him all the time while he was healing and rehabbing to get ready to come to AEW. Who pays a person that got hurt in another company's ring? No one. That just doesn't happen. AEW mm-hmm. made that happen. Uh, so that is awesome. Like I said, I'm looking forward to the next month and the build. So I believe to Fighter Fest, we don't have a date on that. They said sometime this summer. And then All Out, which is on September 5th. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, there's there's so much to look forward to, and like going through everything. I think that's all we have for this week in AEW news, and it's been a lot like just coming off of Double or Nothing, and it's just been really exciting to see everything unfold and everything that's going on. I'm I'm and again, I'm so glad to be along the ride with you, Floyd, on this show. Like just being able to talk about how 
how great this stuff has been in the last few weeks has been so much fun for me. So again, I want to thank you so much for bringing me on the show. It really means a lot for you to trust me with that. All right. Yeah. Austin, man, it is great to have you. I feel a natural flow with you. Uh, you know, uh, I, I feel a natural flow with you. You controlling the hosting duties is like my dream because I can just <laughs> get on here and yell and scream and, do all the things that makes me me, so I appreciate you. I just yeah, want, yeah, and you know, as I, as we close the show to everyone out there, I say when it comes to Corona, please stay safe. Do your social distancing. It's not over. It's not over yet, even though it seems like we're acting as if. But just uh, be sure to take care of yourself and look out to yourself. And as far as the other things go off. Uh, going on in this country, uh, you know, just support it any way you can. The hashtags, the text, the donating. We appreciate and we appreciate everything that you do. Uh, whatever it, it is, uh, we just got to be better to each other in the world. I think everyone has to be better uh, in the world. I don't think I should say have to say it's funny. Because, you know, people are posting hashtag Black Lives Matter, and I appreciate that. I don't think I should have to say that. I think it should be a statement of the fact. And my goal is hopefully we get to a world where we don't need to say that. But we still got a lot of work to go. But just, uh, uh, you, know, we, it, you know, there's not a lot we can do about it. And we are doing what we can. But just be nice to each other. Be kind to each other. Love each other as much as possible. Whether it's homework or school. Always do your best to be elite.